Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Okay, hi there. Welcome back to Boating Insights. As you know, my name is Neil Driscoll and today I am being, or very lucky to be joined by John Hembro, the founder of the Down Under Rally. John, thanks so much for being here today, mate. It's a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. No, no problem at all. Now, um, John and I are going to go through with you today some pretty, well, I think some quite cool stuff helping you look at what, what the journey involves when you're going from a dream to actually like skippering your own boat and being ready for a voyage. Obviously, an example like the Down Under Rally, but really just looking at being the skipper of your own boat where you might be going voyaging overseas, multi-day passages, and how you go from maybe not owning a boat yet or just doing sort of short coastal trips or even maybe even shorter than that to to actually, you know, docking somewhere and celebrating a successful voyage. So, John, before we kind of go down that pathway fully, can you just help us out, mate, just explain a bit? Um, yeah, look, uh, the Down Under Alley was founded by myself and, and my wife in uh, in 2014. Um, it was the result of our our own experiences having having made voyages uh, from Australia into the Southwest Pacific and then further afield, uh, and we really wanted to to provide people the opportunity to voyage in company, um, not just from the point of view of of getting assistance to make the voyages, but to enjoy the camaraderie that comes with with you know being with a group of people that have got a shared interest. Uh, oftentimes, you know, you've got your own sailing community at home and your friends that you meet up with at your favourite locations. But when you're voyaging offshore for the first time, you're often going off with, uh, you know, no one in, that you know. And um, you have to make all those relationships again. It's a really great way to just to start off and, and be in a group of like-minded people and enjoy each other's company along the way and uh, and share experiences. Yeah, I love it. I think that's something that's quite easy to forget from the offset is I mean it's amazing to go out into the deep blue and explore the world but also for most people they will usually be the only person in their friendship circle that's got or the only couple or family in that friendship circle that's got that plan so from the word go you and, and actually are looking to not have any mates which works for some people but generally most people want a bit of social activity and want to hang out with some other people as well immediately you just get a chance to actually meet other people at the same point when you when you jump onto rallies like this i suppose which you you just you, you can do it organically just doing it on your own but it's a it's an awesome way to just get things started isn't it it's a community neil that's that's what it boils down to and it's it's a floating community and and all that goes with community um you've got companionship you've got uh you know uh, shared experiences and you've got the the assistance of the fleet um we're very much about you know uh, assisting each other be that uh, you know physically or 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 you know uh, emotionally uh, at times um lots of things happen out there not just related to sailing but things happen at home with families and and those sorts of things and you find yourself feeling a bit alone so it's lovely to have others around you um that you can you can bounce things off of and and and, and just share with Awesome, thanks, mate. Now, I know over the years, you you know, you've nearly ten years. These rallies have been going now, east and west, from Australia and to Australia, and we'll come back to some of that in a minute. But uh, I was thinking, there's probably hundreds of vessels that you've helped, and obviously all the crew there. To help people today, I, I really want to 
tune into the go east side of things specifically and I'll, I'll explain why because just for those of you if you're just picturing so john and i are on the east coast of australia at the moment so going if you go far enough east of us you get to the us and you've got the pacific obviously world's biggest ocean in in between so when participants are joining the go west rally to come to australia they've already crossed a fair chunk of the pacific ocean already whereas when you're joining the go east this might well be your first major multi-day trip or international voyage for many people i guess it probably is and i thought from where we're at here where we're trying to help give people a pathway to make these things happen i thought that the the, the go east would be a, a sensible starting point just before we kind of look at steps towards getting to a, a point like that john can you just explain a bit what what i mean when i talk about a go east rally or a go go west rally yeah, what, what what does that even mean to pe people that might not have heard of that before and where, where do they start and finish yeah sure so um we'll, we'll just quickly give a recap of the go west rally which was the reason we we created this organization in the first place um it's more about the international cruisers that are circumnavigating by and large their experienced cruisers that are uh, traveling around the world with the seasons and they need to find safe haven for cyclone season in each of the destinations that they find themselves in at that time of year. And so the Go West Rally was about encouraging these international cruising yachts and their crews to, to spend cyclone season in Australia, facilitate their arrival, provide them with um, local knowledge and, and, and uh, information to, to help them make the most of the destination whilst they were here awaiting the season before they could make their onward voyage. You know, typically, they'll leave here and go up into Indonesia and, and continue on their circumnavigation. Um, so, you know, we started out our rallies with the view of just trying to attract those people and promoting Australia as a destination. And to do that, we were sailing from Australia to Fiji every year where we would rendezvous with these international cruisers and, and start, you know, encouraging them to come to Australia. What happened as a result of that was people started to become aware that we were making these voyages every year from Australia into the Southwest Pacific. And we were contacted by people saying, hey, could we follow you? We'd like to do that too. We'd like to do that in company. Um, so the Go East Rally was born. And the purpose of the Go East Rally is to provide those that perhaps haven't made a, a multi-day and night ocean passage or ventured offshore to a new country before with the opportunity to do that in company. And, and benefit from from the experience we've gained over the many years we've been making those voyages. Awesome. Thanks, mate. And so that, that I think, is a really good way of just helping people understand. And, and hence, hopefully, for the listeners here, you can see why we're talking go east to begin with. So we're not trying to necessarily communicate to those of you who are already you know, in the middle of a circumnavigation. We're trying to catch those of you that probably driving to work at the moment or variation of that theme and just thinking about how you're going to make sure that at some point on your bucket list, you tip this one off. So, John, let's dive in. I mean, obviously, to go and do a trip like this, you need a boat and you need to own a boat. No one's, I mean, you occasionally can set up stuff where you might be moving it for someone, but there are anomalies and they're complicated. I think we'll just focus on the ownership side of the journey. So, I know you've owned many boats and moved them around, bought and sold them, lived on many of them. Uh, you had monohulls and mullyhulls and 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 motor cruises as well, which you know is one of the many things you and I have got in common is that we we share a passion for all things that float and take you from A to B to C rather than just one specific part of the uh, boating world. But 
let's just look broadly at selecting a boat. So, you know, you're down the rabbit hole, you're on YouTube every night watching all these videos and you're reading as much as you can and you're probably already at information overload with taxes and new boats and used boats and whether you should buy them overseas or not. You know, you're a seasoned owner from this perspective. You, you, can you just give some headlines of things that people should be doing at this stage while they're in, if you like, the discovery mode of working out what they're going to buy and where they're going to buy it? I know it's a huge topic, but just a few headlines that spring to Yeah, mind. sure. And look, we'll make the assumption that, that we don't yet have a boat and we're yeah. looking to buy the first boat to ultimately accomplish this goal. Um, and... You know, my my early background was I, I sailed the Sabo as a kid um, and I only did that for one season. I wasn't particularly a fan. My father uh, encouraged me to do it to get me off the streets. And um, I, I must say I was a reluctant sailor and I never pursued it after that. So um, having made some voyages up and down the Queensland coast in, in power-driven vessels, uh, I came in contact with cruising sailors and, and realised that they were doing this a whole lot cheaper than I was. And if I wanted to go further afield, I needed to uh, learn how to do that affordably. So I realised then that I needed to buy a sailboat and I didn't have a whole lot of sailing experience, as I've, as I've mentioned. So I started to talk to people in the yacht club and talk to people, anyone that would listen. This was pre the, the YouTube sailing channel phenomena. Um, and... I sought advice from anyone that would talk to me. And the piece of advice that I took that I now wish I hadn't was buy the biggest boat you can. It'll look after you. Yeah. Such bad advice, isn't it? <laughs> I can see why people say it, but I totally agree. Yeah. And sadly, I took that advice and we bought a 15 metre um, monohull with a massive rig on it and very powerful boat and, and all sorts of things. And the learning curve was steep to say the least. Um, and, and in hindsight, I should have, I should have purchased something that I could confidently manage, um, and started, a, a learning to sail that boat. I, I thought I knew how to, I, I had seamanship skills, but I didn't have sailing skills and I had to learn those on the fly. And we made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of costly mistakes that, 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 you know, <laughs> impacted the budget significantly. Uh, and we also made mistakes that that put a lot of fear into us. Um, so I guess my advice, you know, would be to buy a boat that that you can grow into, but that you already are comfortable with and managing it. Um, you know, when you go and get your driver's license, there's a reason why you can't get a V8 for three years. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's relevant to boating. We, we see a lot of people these days that have, you know, financially well off, and and perhaps their first boat's a fifty foot catamaran. Um, and, you know, that just makes it a, a, a big learning curve. So, you know, I, I think having an open mind when you're purchasing a boat and, and, and going and looking at things. And, and the biggest thing I would say to you is stand there when it's lovely and sunny and imagine all the lovely things you're going to do and the destinations you're going to see and the sun baking and the drinking cocktails and, and all that, that, that mind's eye stuff. But then imagine standing there with the wind and the rain and the waves breaking around the boat while you're in the middle of the ocean at night and ask yourself, how well protected am I from the elements? How safe would I feel standing here in 30 knots of wind with, with waves breaking around the boat and spray coming on me? Would I be cold and wet and miserable or would I be warm and comfortable and, and, and safe? Um, so, you know, look at those, the helming position to start with where you're going to be helming the boat from and, 
you know, are you going to be doing this shorthanded? And by shorthanded, I mean, is it just going to be you and, a, and another person or you're going to have a crew? Um, because if you're going to be doing it shorthanded, you need to minimise the amount of, of moving around the boat you have to do in order to manage the sails. And, and you know, it's really about, about being hands-on and being safe. So, you know, this is a long converse, a long topic to discuss, but that would be a couple of the first points I would make. Thanks, mate. And I, I think, if, by all means, correct me if, if you wouldn't agree with this, but I would kind of sneak into there that, the boat that you're buying to just build some experience and see if this is something that works for you and your partner, family, whoever, mates, what brothers, sisters, whatever it is that you're gonna, whoever you're gonna do it with, doesn't have to be the boat that you're gonna go on the trip with. There might be an in-between boat, and it can feel expensive. And yeah, obviously, John, you and I both come through a commercial background on this, and so I think one of the things that people I see as a mistake people make is that they get really fixated on if that they buy and sell a boat they might lose a little bit of money along the way that that was a bad idea or chartering a few boats is, is money that they should have spent on the, the the boat that they're buying for the voyage but it's an awful lot cheaper to buy a pretty small basic boat and get your skills and then know what you want and buy a boat that you use then buy an ocean-going vessel, spend a year getting it ready, and then only make it three harbours up the coast before you're calling the broker and selling it again. Uh, um, I agree 100%. And, and so I think not, you know, when you're trying to buy a home that you've, or sorry, well, it is, it's your home, isn't it? You know, buying a home that you're going to live on and cruise on and do everything with and get it right first time. It feels like an overwhelming amount of pressure because it, it is. And I think that sometimes if you can consider just maybe leasing or a shared ownership model for 12 months or a couple of charter holidays on similar style vessels or buying something that's hopefully not going to be too difficult to sell again that you just own for six months or a year where you just build some experience, just makes the whole thing a lot more achievable. Um than you know maybe going right we're going to do this we need a brand new boat we're going to buy a boat then when it arrives we're going to realize that because it's brand new it needs another year of fit out afterwards and then we're basically not going to go boating until three days before we join john's rally and we're suddenly going to get to see and think oh i really wish i knew how to sail right now and i'm I'm sure you've yeah without going through specifics i'm sure you've seen a few of those journeys in your time john yeah, for sure. And look, my own journey is an, is an example of that. We bought this fifty five foot foot, you know, monohull that we set off in, and through a course of events, um, a few years later, I ended up owning a, a forty seven foot monohull as an interim boat. Um, and that that forty seven foot boat, I was so confident in and so comfortable aboard because everything was much smaller and much easier to manage and better located for for you know shorthanded sailing and 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 i had i wished i had have just gone with the smaller boat and got more confident with that smaller boat and then moved up into the bigger boat if i felt i needed it but the reality was i didn't need anything bigger than that 47 footer uh once i knew how to do what i needed to do yeah i mean that's still a pretty big boat isn't it i mean that's like it's still um there's still plenty of boat there with 47 feet it's absolutely yeah and look, the other thing that I would just caution people on this subject is is to 
don't go changing things straight away. Um, another mistake we made was, you know, oh, I don't like that is, I don't like this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to move that. Oh, what's this? I don't need that and take it off and replace it with something else before I even really used the boat. And what I came to realize was that the people who had had the boat prior to me had set it up, you know, really well. the way it needed to be set up to do what it was it was meant to do. And that was circumnavigate the globe. And in my ignorance, I thought I knew more or, or I, I, you know, I went about making changes that fundamentally were not practical. And I wasted a whole lot of money in the process because many of those things I needed to change back. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's where our use what you have campaign that you know we push all the time has come from. It's that just try and especially if you're buying a previously owned boat or or a new boat that's you know being set up. Most companies going to set boats up have got people doing it that are pretty experienced and you know they've they've been doing this for decades, so they've probably given a lot of thought to what they've done and just trying to remember that even if you can't see why something's been done a certain way. It at some point it was probably someone's good idea. So at least try and get to a point that you've worked out what drove that decision before you make the decision to change it. If if, if you can't talk to the person that set it up, absolutely. And 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 I've adopted a philosophy of that. I, I didn't know what I didn't know, and if I had have known what I didn't know, I wouldn't have done what I did. Um, and it was through the process of of you know using these things and and starting to learn things that I started to learn what I didn't know and those things those people had already learned yeah awesome mate now that that really kicked in what I wanted to talk about with the boat and thank you I know it's a huge topic and could have been a standalone and and I think we've also touched on some of the you know ideas there for building some skills and experience and yeah you know, obviously we've got ABB courses and we'll talk some more about some of the membership offers that people can get involved with down under rally uh, shortly but let's now look at you know when some of the the bigger picture life stuff so from a from a life perspective you know you maybe you've chosen a boat or you you feel like you you know enough that you're going to get started on that journey there's also a whole bunch of just figuring life out to go away you know, assuming whether you're going to bring family with you or they're old enough that they they can do their own thing now but you kind of got some of John's sort of main things that you've picked up from a journey of doing this where you're like, oh, wow, life would have been a bit easier if I'd known this at the beginning for my figuring out, you know, finance, insurance, medical stuff, pets, um, yeah, house, obviously things like renting houses out with things like Airbnb, I suppose it's got a bit easier now, but probably quite complicated doing short-term rentals away in mid-Pacific. Um, you got some tips, mate, some of the stuff that you're – you, you now know that you, you wish you'd known a long time ago? Yeah, look, and it's personal because, you know, circumstances change, especially in the world we're living in at the moment. But, uh, you know, we 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 based our adventures on the fact that, uh, and this was back in 2008, that uh, on average uh, money in the bank was only 8% interest. Um, and, you know, we we had sufficient funds that we thought we'd be able to, to you know, live off that interest without... De- you know, reducing the capital in in great amounts um, quickly, and you know we didn't need our house. We could cash cash the house up, sell it, and live off the income that we would derive from the interest. Uh, and sadly, that didn't happen. That is not long after we did all that, the interest rates uh, GFC came along. Interest rates crashed. Our money in the bank was worth nothing. Our income was zero, um, and we were eating capital. You know, quickly, uh, far more quickly than I expected we would. 
I think, you know, from a from a funding this lifestyle point of view, um, nothing much changes, in my opinion. You're going to to maintain the sort of lifestyle that that you've you've lived. Just what's going to change is if you imagine you've been able to put a set of sails on your house and you're now able to sail your house around the world. You're still going to have to buy clothes. You're still going to have to entertain yourself. You're still going to have to buy food. And, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is going camping for five years. Um, so I think it's important to make sure that that you're funded well enough that this doesn't become a, a, a chore. I think going camping for the weekend is a lot of fun, maybe even for a week or two. But as a lifestyle, not so much. Um, a lot of what you're going to experience when you're traveling overseas in the yachts is the the tourism destinations of it and being able to afford to, to do the things that tourists do. Um, and, you know, you've, you've still got all the maintenance and the upkeep on the boat. So I, I would think don't underestimate, um, you know, the cost of doing this and, and your financial wherewithal to be able to sustain it. And then um, the aftermath of it, when it's all over, what are you going to do? Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one as well. It's the, what, what happens at the end of this and and, and even to the extent of thinking about where might we want to be to sell the boat yeah because you might find for example if you can pick a location where there's probably more people that got the funds locally to buy the, buy the boat from you rather than trying to sell it to people that are flying in and out to come and view it and all, all sorts of stuff and and are we going to sell the boat or are we going to live on it when we get somewhere and i think that's that's really good advice and it, it you don't want it to stop you from going, but you just don't want to be under this kind of crazy financial pressure that the whole time, every time something breaks, because it will. And the more you're using it, the more things will break. And yes, you can maybe do the work yourself, assuming you've got the skills, but you still need to buy the things that you you need to, to do the work. And, and, and any time that you're spending doing that means that you know, you're not necessarily working remotely or freelance or whatever it is that brings income into your account. So it's just factoring all of those things in as well so that you can you can have some fun and make sure that you can do it. And I think um, also just, I suppose, as part of that, when you're paying attention to the budget that you might normally say, as you say, like putting some sails on your house, house and moving around or some engines and you get a power boat. But the, when you look at all of the bills, it will then also help you maybe think about stuff you haven't i mean pets are an obvious one but yeah one of the ones that i think is easy to forget is like what are we going to do our house probably it's normally not insured if it's empty for a certain amount of time so are we going to rent it out or are we going to get house sitters or is it, i think when you just start looking at the budget it helps you pick up all sorts of parts of your life that you're not even yet paying attention to or you know getting a quote for what medical insurance looks like now that you're traveling all the time rather than just based in, in in one country all those kinds of things it's is it not the fun sort of sexy sitting on an island you know anchored off an island drinking cocktails part of it but it's a it's the bit that means the people who have paid attention to that when they get to the island are sitting there drinking cocktails and having fun rather than tapping away at a computer trying to solve another admin headache right and i think in 10 years time i mean when you start doing this you will have frequented some of these uh, ports around the world and and you'll see those that perhaps that, that didn't have that planning and, and the boats are derelict and they're stuck in one location. The boat isn't seaworthy anymore. They don't have anywhere to call home um, apart from the boat and the boat really is is due for a massive 
you know, refit and the funds aren't there to do it. And, and you know, the adventure's been had and it was been lovely, but the future doesn't look real bright. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it, it might be that you need to go all in and that does work for some people, but I think just not putting too much pressure on it. And, and, and even when you, I suppose, when you think about the house, to just stick with your analogy for a minute, one of the things I think is... It's fairly unusual that both, if you've got people in a relationship doing this, that both people in a relationship are driving this equally. Often one person is more motivated than the other and the other one sort of said, yeah, why not? That sounds fun. And so in the same way as if you bought a house and you've got a nice garden that, you, you know, one person might enjoy fiddling around with the garden and maintaining it and all that sort of stuff more than the other. But it needs to not be all you do. And I do think sometimes people forget about the idea that like, well, okay, let's remember like when we're going to a country or an island or a destination, let's make sure we're talking to the other people on board and finding out what they want to do. Because odds are if you're, let's say, you're buying a boat and starting this in Europe, that their dream in Greece did not involve helping you service an engine. It involved going and exploring islands or ruins or maybe leaving the boat tied up for a week and going to Athens or, yeah, it's and just remembering that it's not going to, the only thing people want to do isn't just going to be maintaining the boat and they'll probably want to go and explore and land for some of these places as well, right? Sometimes you want a holiday from your holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Let's have a look here. So one of the other things that you know, I wanted to touch on then is this Down Under Rally membership. I mean, you and I have now, we've worked together on a range of stuff. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do and we work together pretty closely. And you, you use a lot of our training courses to help prepare your participants and their crew. You have this fantastic facility available for people well in advance and after uh, they've done things like the Go East Rally. Can you just explain for those that are thinking now a bit about the you know, your membership offer, what that looks like, and, and 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 whether it's something that they should be thinking about at the early stages while they're still in the discovery stage of getting a boat or if they should wait until they're kind of ready to go? Yeah, sure. And I think the way to lead into that, what, what created it was a, a, a course that we created called the Offshore Cruising Preparation Course, and it's not about teaching you to sail. Um, it's not. It, it's not a course that you can you can do and then say right, I'm ready to go. It's a. It's about building awareness and what you need to know. Um, and again, I'll just go back to my phrase that you know most people don't know what they don't know. And this course is about enlightening you to that, and and giving you some awareness around what it is that you need to know, and then how do you go about gaining that knowledge and that experience, that information. So. We provided that course um, to those that were signed up to participate in our rallies and and we only ever opened the rallies up for registrations about three or four months before we were to to depart. And what we discovered was that many of them didn't have the time to to invest in in actually, you know, engaging with the course and following up on the recommendations of the course. It all happened too quickly. Um, And then, you know, at the same time, we had a a group of rally partner businesses that over the years we personally have developed relationships with these suppliers of marine products and services and we found them these people to be reliable and, and helpful so we would provide our rally participants with um, access to these rally partners who would then give them some consideration be it in a discount or a special offer or whatever it might be um, in consideration for them having joined one of our rallies 
we we decided that it needed a much greater lead time. So we've created a Down Under Rally membership whereby you can become a member today, even if you're not thinking of leaving for five years. Um, and you'll gain unlimited access to this course where you can watch it over and over again um, and, and revisit it uh, from time to time. You can gain access to our rally partners from day one to help you save with a little bit of money on, on some of the things you're going to need to do to outfit your boat. And probably the largest benefit to it, apart from the course, is that we are available on telephone or email to talk about anything. We, we, I'm, I'm often speaking with people now, I'm looking at this boat. Can I send you the listing? Can you tell me what you think about this boat? Um, you know, what's your feedback on, on this for us? And we develop a relationship with people, you know, way, way, way before they actually embark on, on an adventure with us. Um, you know, and it's very economical. It's, it's to, to become a member uh, is $125 for a full year. Um, and, you know, the benefits that you receive from that, you know, you'll get them back tenfold. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, John. I mean, it's, I think it's a, a, a great offer and hence why I'm happy to promote it. We have, you know, lots and lots of people who are doing, uh, doing that, who are also doing our courses and members for you who go through and use a lot of our safety, radio, navigation, everything to train themselves and their crews. And it's always received huge, awesome feedback and, even before you own the boat, I think just going through and having access to the offers that you've got there for education and trades and being able to pick your brain. Uh, I mean, realistically, even if you were buying a very, very modest boat, they could be a member for 10 years. And I feel like you'd still definitely be able to save them <laughs> the membership fee when they purchase the boat just on that alone. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for this so people can have a look and check it out. And yeah, one of the things that you know, I, I, I love to say and w w makes me really into the whole concept of what you do with the Go East is at some point the planning has to stop and the adventure needs to start. And I'm a huge fan in taking the time to plan properly, prepare, you know, what we're obviously all about personally and professionally. But I think having something like a date in the diary that gives you something to work towards just stops it becoming a pipe dream and 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 means that you you'll actually make it happen. And I um I think I think if, if if this has kind of tickled your fancy, the other thing to remember is you don't have to buy a boat straight away to go and do this. You could always look at putting your hand up to volunteer, maybe even become a member, uh, see if you can do some training, make yourself more useful to be on someone's boat, like get your survival training and your radio and learn a bit of that nav. And you might be able to put your hand up to actually be a, a crew on someone's boat and join a rally as a, uh, a crew member uh, before you go and do it the first time. It's a big time commitment, so it's not what everyone can do, but I just want to just point out if you hadn't kind of considered it that you, your first trip to the start line or well, that's not a race but you know departure line if you like doesn't have to be as the owner and skipper uh that, that there are other paths that you can take on, on, on the way in the same way that john and i mentioned earlier about not having to necessarily make your first boat uh, an ocean going uh weapon uh straight off the bat um, yeah, look, in in recent times neil um many of those that that, that um have joined our rallies have previous with their own boats have previously first experienced it as crew on someone else's vessel and 
conversely, others that have experienced it as crew have decided it wasn't for them and they've saved themselves a whole lot of pain. So, you know, it's a, it, if you can get the opportunity to voyage with someone else for the first time, um, it's a really good way of, 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 you know, cutting your teeth and finding out whether this is, is actually what, whether it's for you or not. Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice, mate. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, John. It's been great to pick your brain. Uh, I mean, you and I have done well. This is actually probably one of the shortest conversations I think we've ever had. Um, but um, I've, I've really enjoyed having you as a guest, and thanks very much for coming. Uh, is there anything you wanted to close out on before we go, mate? No, not at all. Um, I, I'm I'm very appreciative of the opportunity, and uh, as I say, it, I, I'm here to offer any advice or or help in any way I can to help uh, anyone that's looking to to turn this uh, dream into a reality. Fantastic. Thanks so much, John. Cheers.